Our welcome will be from Aaron Collier. Good morning and welcome. You're invited here now to rest. You're invited to be still. You're invited to listen with your heart for your truth and the vital truths of those around you. To do so may require you to stop, to focus and refocus your attention. It may require you to attend generously to the places of pain within yourself and within those who need you. Turn your attention gently inward, then outward. This community, this world needs your kindness today and every day. It welcomes you in all your perfect imperfections to heal and be healed. May we use this time together in beloved community to nourish, to learn, to witness, to touch and be touched. Welcome. Thank you so much, Aaron. Good morning, everybody. Good to see our pixelated faces. Um, I have a few announcements for us this morning. First, uh, first of all, the um, annual meeting is tonight at 7 p.m. And uh, all the links that we need for that are in the, um, are in Dara's email from earlier this morning at about, uh, she sent that a little before nine. So um, I encourage us to attend. One of the ways that we do the work of the church is that we make decisions for the church. And tonight you're gonna hear more about sort of, you know, the plans going forward for, um, for the summer and for next year um, and the budget and all that kind of stuff. I also wanna say a big thank you to everyone who has made a pledge for next year. We um, have raised, um, I think, 300, almost $330,000. Um, which is just amazing in these uncertain times. And that number does mean that we met the uh, $10,000 match, uh, matching gift that Anonymous Family um, lifted up for us. So thank you very much to everyone who's made a pledge. And um, another announcement is today, the, um, I'm just going to read it from my phone because it came up uh, in an email today. Um, the Boston uh, Black Memorial uh, will be led by Boston Black clergy um, today at two in, in the city. And it's a memorial for George, Brianna, and Ahmad. And um, one thing they've asked all churches to do in the suburbs, so I'm gonna invite us to do this too, is if we feel moved to go to the front yard at the church at two o'clock with a sign um, basically saying the names and to stand there on the front yard in a socially distanced way with masks uh, between 2 and 3 p.m. And uh, the building will not be open, so if you need to use the restroom, please please do that before you uh, leave, leave your house. And um, I'll be there, and I'll be kind of moderating how many people are there. And if, as long as we can remain socially distant, I encourage us to come. So that, again, will be from 2 to 3 this afternoon, today, Sunday, um, at, uh, at church, okay? Um, there's a lot of other things going on, but uh, mainly it's just good to see you and I invite us to go to gallery view and uh, give our greetings to each other. We'll now have our intro.
morning, everyone. Will you please join us in our opening words? A slide will appear on your screen. I will lead as the minister and Nathan will lead the response. Come into this place which we make holy by our presence. Come in with all your vulnerabilities and strengths, fears and anxieties, loves and hopes. For here you need not hide, nor pretend, nor be anything other than who you are and are called to be. Come into this place where we can touch and be touched, heal and be healed, forgive and be forgiven. Come into this place where the ordinary is sanctified, the human is celebrated, the compassionate is expected. Come into this place, together we make it a holy place. Good morning, everybody. We have a hymn to sing together this morning, Let the Life I Lead, which is a song that, as far as I've been able to find, originated as a gospel song by uh, the singer Sullivan Pugh. Please join in singing. Words are in the chat box. have a chalice handy, I invite you to, to get it now as we light our chalice together. Let us say together, love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth and love, and to help one another. Give us just a moment as we get the doxology loaded, which we will sing together. The words are going to be in the chat box.
Sarah, perhaps you could sing it for us. Oh. I love that video, seeing everybody's faces. So this morning we are going to take some time to recognize our religious education teachers. And I saw some kids here, but if you uh, were in our religious education programs, uh, I would invite you to scroll through the gallery view and see if you can find your teacher and give them a wave or maybe send them a private chat that says something that you really appreciated about religious education this year. And one of the reasons that I think it's important to recognize all of our religious education teachers is because they have done so much work this year. Our religious education classroom teachers, our junior and senior youth group advisors, and our OWL teachers, and our coming of age leaders. Together they have planned and read curriculum. They've sent emails and taken attendance, made photocopies, ordered things online, found markers in the the deep recesses of the religious education closet, organized field trips and rides, and improvised when plans have gone awry, including especially this spring. And more importantly, our teachers and leaders have laughed with our young people, asked questions with them, loved them, and showed them that they too are part of our beloved community. You have helped the young people in this congregation grow as Unitarian Universalists. You've taken their questions and ideas seriously, and you've shared your values and your faith with them so that they may grow. Friends, if you were one of our religious education teachers or our uh, leaders for one of our junior or senior youth groups or OWL or coming of age, would you just give everyone a big wave so that everyone can see who you were, who you are? It's so nice to see all your faces on, on the screen. You've taken one on one of the most sacred tasks in our faith tradition of helping to create space in the church for the youth and the children, to get to know them as individual people and to build community amongst and alongside them. We are so grateful for your service. And we also acknowledge our Religious Education Committee. This year, it was Beth Bergeron, Serena Lilly, Larry Dick, Katie Thompson, Julia Andrus, and our Spirit Play Coordinator, Sarah Hickok. These committed people have done so much dedicated work behind the scenes to make our children's faith formation programs possible. Our committee has organized closets and classrooms and Spirit Play baskets, supported and trained teachers, acquired supplies, subbed at the last minute, and offered so much support in our move online. This program would not be possible without all of the dedication and love that these people have poured into our program, often unseen. Today we see you and we thank you. So as a small token of our thanks, we have sent each of you a small UUAC canvas bag to put whatever you'd like in it. And if you taught this year and you have not received this in the mail, please reach out to me so I know that I have the right mailing address for you. Again, thank you so much to each of you for your love and your service and your dedication. Now I'd like to invite India Wood to come onto the screen with me as we recognize our bridging seniors. So one of the things that we also do in this religious community is to mark life passages. This morning, we also recognize the life passage of high school-aged youth moving toward young adulthood. In Unitarian Universalism, this tradition, as our 
seniors graduate from high school and transition to the next stage of their life is often referred to as bridging. The transition, the bridge between these two life stages, between the faith home of their childhood and the faith home of their future. India, I'm gonna need you to keep reading so I can show this slideshow. Absolutely. So today we're honoring four high school seniors who are bridging, Jackson Bryans, Tara Clinton, Avery Walker, and Davis Howland. This ritual is not a farewell, but rather a celebration and a recognition of the blossoming of youth into full adulthood. This is Tara. We found some pictures of our young people in their religious education classes. Jara went through lots and lots of pictures to find them. We've got Jackson and Avery and Davis. We are so excited for each of you. So let's go forward with the blessing. My friends, you are at a threshold moment, an ending and a beginning. We know that this is a moment that can be filled with so many emotions, excitement, worry, curiosity, sadness, anticipation, and these days especially, a great deal of uncertainty in the face of a pandemic. Today we honor all of those feelings you bring to this moment to change, to this change in your life. We know that relationships in your life may be changing rapidly. You are moving into fuller adulthood. Your parents are learning to parent in new ways and you are learning new ways of being a more independent adult. We want you to know that as your religious home, we acknowledge how important this moment and the changes it brings are and how valued you are as a part of this faith community. And so with that in mind, we, just as families in our congregation, make promises at, to young people at baby dedications and coming-of-age ceremonies, I'd like to ask your families and the congregation to affirm their support for you, again in this moment, because in different moments in our lives, we need different promises from our faith community. So to the parents of these young people, you have watched your young adult children grow, you have shown them to be kind and brave and generous, to seek to be faithful to their highest ideals. You have sought to teach them the principles of your life and your faith. And now we mark their growing independence as they move toward blossoming of their, their blossoming adulthood. And so as they face new challenges, do you promise today to rejoice in who your children are and who they are becoming? Do you promise to support their growing ability to make their own choices, to help them sometimes when asked and sometimes when needed, to support their independence? And do you promise to love and care for them as always, but now as another adult? Do you give them your love and blessing as they mark this moment on their journey? If so, please type into the chat box, I do. And now we ask a representative from our senior youth group, Arwen Gormley, to read the blessing pledge from our congregation. Um, Arwen, hang on one second. I will give you the ability to unmute. There you go, Arwen. Arwen? It looks like she's unmuted, but we can't seem to hear her. All right, India, would you read this part? Sure. Seniors, you have grown in this church, in RE classes, in senior youth group, and call this faith your home. So on behalf of senior youth group, I ask of our congregation, do you promise to always welcome these young adults into this space with open arms and to continue to embrace them as part of this faith community? Do you promise to support and uphold them, encouraging, engaging, and enjoying them? Will you seek to support their families as well as they mark a major transition? And finally, do you promise to find ways to support these young adults 
and other young adults who seek to find a home in our faith as they deepen their faith and their commitments? If so, please type in the chat box, I do. And finally, directly to our young adults, will you visit us virtually and in person when we are able to? Will you seek to live the principles of your family and of our faith as you make more choices in this world? And will you remember that however far you go, you are loved and there is a place for you here in our faith and in our hearts? If so, seniors, please type in the chat box, we will. And it is our tradition to give a few gifts to each of the seniors as they embark on this next stage of their life. So we have mailed two gifts to each of you. We are supporting the US Postal Service, friends. Um, the first is this book, Becoming a Collection of Readings and Meditations on Adulthood. And the second, A Small Chalice, symbol of our Unitarian Universalist faith, as a reminder that each person, including yourself, has a spark of the divine inside them. We give this to you in trust that you will find ways to bring the faith that you have nurtured here out into the world with you wherever you might go. Avery, Jackson, Tara, and Davis, today we bless you as you bridge from youth to young adulthood. We give you our love, our support, our open arms and open hearts today and all the days to come. Amen. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, India. And um, to all the graduating seniors, I know how, to, uh, I can't imagine how hard this, uh, this time must be to miss these milestones. But we want you to know as we sing this next prayer hymn and settle into our meditation that there is a love, that there is a love that is holding you and holding all of your friends and holding the rest of us in these incredibly difficult and transformational times. Let us sing together. We'll get that video up. begin as we do every Sunday during our time for prayer and for stillness and for meditation by thinking of our loved ones and saying their names, people that we are celebrating, the people that we're worried about, and let's put those names and our prayers in the chat box, please, so that we can see them.
and all these names and prayers continue to come in. Emily will light for us a chalice, or light for us a candle, I should say. And as these names continue to come in, I ask that we expand our circle, look out the windows of our homes into the world. Let us call the prayers forward for the world that we share and the love we have. Thank you, my friends, and Emily will light a candle for all of these. And last, but certainly not least, our prayers of gratitude are so important, our naming what we are thankful for, the gifts that we don't have to earn to have in our lives. Please put those in too. And we light a final candle. And this morning, I'd like you to pray with me. And I brought, I went to church this week and I brought home this Bible that was given to me by my parents when I graduated from seminary, signed by my dad. And I wanted to bring it out this morning to read to us, to open it, and to read to us some scripture because of the ways that the Bible was misused and co-opted this week on Monday by the President of the United States. He didn't open it, but as people of faith, we do. Our prayer from the words of Isaiah, listen to me, my people, hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near with speed and salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to all the people. And the islands will look to me and wait and hope for my arm. These words from Micah, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless and please the widow's cause. He has told you what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk with humility with your God. And last but not least, from Amos that the Martin Luther King channeled. Amos who said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Let us be held in several moments of silence and stillness.
And Dara's going to introduce our new members. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dara Bryans, a member of this congregation and the membership and development coordinator and communications coordinator for the church. I'm so glad that we're all here together to welcome this group of people into membership in our church community. Because in these fractured times of physical distancing, of polarization, of racial, political, and social unrest, standing up and declaring membership and belonging to community committed to healing this broken world is more important now than ever. As Reverend Nathan often says, coming to church is countercultural. These words have never been more true than now. As we welcome this group of newcomers, Megan and Rosie Fisclement, Jessica Madsen, Jillian and Wyshen McCauley and their children, Deb Barnett, who's been, uh, been coming to this church since she was a young child in the 1950s, about time, Deb. And for the first time ever, a few of our senior youth. We have Aoife Collier-Clark, Arwin Gormley, and Emma Paul. And we are, we are all together, standing as they are, present and grateful to call out and claim this community as our own. Reverend Nathan, Reverend Heather and Emily, thank you for leading this ritual of belonging. And before that, Dara, just some real time, do we wanna make sure that we see the rest of the people who are gonna um, be joining this morning? I know we saw uh, Megan Fiskelmans, but um, I know we have a few other people online. So yeah. Al Green, our tech person, maybe you can do that for us so we can see them. There's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Should have the Macaulays as well. Hey, everybody. Let's see. We also have um, Deb. Deb. Oh, there's Deb. At last, <laughs> we love you. Great to see you. Um, let's see, Aoife, I know you were there because you uh, there's Hi, Aoife. Welcome. Let's see, Arwen. Hey, Arwen. And Emma, I believe, is not here because she's going to be there. She is. She is awesome. Hey, Emma. are you doing your graduation parade right now? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Zooming in from church from the graduation parade. That's awesome. Some upsides to this stream. Your commitment, your commitment is high. <laughs> so Wonderful. that's great. So let us, uh, we have a new member covenant as we always do. And um, we're going to invite you to, to, uh, to say uh, we will after uh, myself and Heather and Emily take turns. Actually, we're going to have them use the chat box to put. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Dara. Yeah. yeah. So friends, today we welcome into our community these new members who we've all seen on the screen, Emma on the side of the road. We have chosen to make a commitment to this congregation by signing our membership book virtually. You are a historic group and that's, that's completely true. You're joining the church in a time when our sanctuary is closed, but the church is very much open. A time when we show our love and caring for each other by keeping physical distance between us and wearing masks. But you have chosen, we have all chosen to draw closer together and make a commitment to this congregation. And that has been so very true over these last three months. So new members, together we make a case for a congregation that shares light, shares hope and shines a beacon in these difficult days. By sharing light, we mean the light we have within us is beautiful and bold, but is very often never enough to light our way along life's path by ourselves. Spirituality, as Katie Fresnelli told me one time, is what we do in private, but religion is what we do in public together. And one of the most important things we can do is come to our virtual sanctuary, seeking the light from someone else, seeking the light from someone else's Zoom square, and then sharing that light with someone else for whom it is dimmed. So new members, can you help 
us in this work, knowing that belonging to this community means some, sometimes stepping into the light and sometimes stepping back so that someone else can shine. If so, please say into the chat box, we will. And new members, together we also hope to build a congregation that shares hope. And by hope, we don't mean optimism, which is always a fickle and temporary guest. Instead, we strive to have hope in spite of the things happening around us. We say that we come to church to train up our hope muscles because we know that the arc of the universe doesn't bend toward justice or love without our efforts. Can you help us in the exercise of hope, knowing that the more practice we get, the stronger and more resilient we will become? I invite new members to say, we will into the chat box and our congregation will have an opportunity to have, uh, to make promises to our new members in a moment. And finally, new members, we also look forward to building with you a congregation that is a beacon. In many of the communities that we live in, it can look like everyone is shiny and happy. But in our church, we acknowledge the reality with an honest love, that all of us know more dark than we let on, and that we are a people and a place that can help us find blessing. Can you help our congregation be that beacon, which means telling yourself that showing up matters for the person next to you, maybe even more than yourself? Can you help this congregation and Unitarian Universalism not be a well-kept secret? Can you share the light that you find here? If so, new members, please respond by saying, we will, in the chat box. And last but not least to the many, um, the rest of us, so many of us, can we, can you join our new members in creating this kind of shining and hoping and beckoning Unitarian Universalist congregation, a place where you will join in bringing your questions, your diverse expectations, your best selves, your light, your dark, a place where you'll sing my hymn and I'll sing yours so that together we can raise the bar and be the kind of people and the kind of congregation that we're practicing to hope and hoping to become. If so, congregation, please say finally into the chat box, we will. If we were in the sanctuary, we would be having so much applause and everyone would be standing, but seeing the chats come in is just beautiful as well. So hold in our minds the pictures of all of these beloved new members and let us say together again the covenant of this church, the promise that we make each week to ourselves and to one another that holds our community together with common purpose and love. Please join me in saying, Love is the spirit of this church and service its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth in love, and to help one another. Welcome new members. We're so glad you're with us. We can all do like virtual applause or hand raising. <laughs> yeah, Emily's got the reactions going. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Thanks everybody, welcome. So next we're gonna um, hear about our uh, offering recipient uh, for this morning. We're gonna hear about this from Katie Fresnelli who has been a longtime member of the racial justice team in our community. And assuming you all uh, will vote tonight at our annual meeting, she's gonna become a newest at-large board member um, with a particular focus on racial justice and equity on the board. So we, didn't, we couldn't think of anybody better than to introduce uh, today's offering than Katie, which is gonna get, you'll hear more about it. So let's uh, spotlight Katie if we can so that we can uh, hear from her. Good morning. The Movement for Black Lives is a coalition of more than 150 organizations across the country, including the Black Lives Matter Network, Black Youth Project 100, 
Color of Change, the National Conference of Black Lawyers, and the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights, and many, many more. It was formed in 2014 as a response to sustained and increasingly visible violence against Black communities, with the purpose of creating a united front and establishing a political platform under the fundamental idea that these organizations can achieve more together than they can separately. In 2016, they launched the Vision for Black Lives policy agenda with a powerful preamble, which includes Black humanity and dignity requires Black political will and power. Despite constant exploitation and perpetual oppression, Black people have bravely and brilliantly been the driving force pushing the U.S. toward the ideals it articulates but has never achieved. If the events of the past week tell us anything, it is that we as a nation have a lot of work to do if we are honestly striving to be a more perfect union. As you use, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And I think it is important to be curious about what exactly that means for the black community, the details. What would acknowledging worth and fostering dignity really look like on a practical level? The Movement for Black Lives has spent years putting together a detailed list of demands that will demonstrate that they have worth in America. They have policies that will ensure the dignity of black individuals and communities. Please give generously today to support the work of the Movement for Black Lives. Financial support is essential to support their policy initiatives, especially now in an election year. It is critical for black voices to be heard and it is crucial that Black Americans have a seat at the table, leading the way to the change that we so desperately need. And then I encourage you to go to their website, which is m4bl.org, and read about their vision for America. I think you will be inspired by the clarity and specificity of their vision. We can do better, and we must do better. And we must do it by following the lead of the organizations, such as the ones in the Movement for Black Lives. Thanks. Thanks so much, Katie. And as usual, the instructions uh, for how to give and the link to the realm, um, the way to you know, be a realm will be in the chat box for us. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know. There are more waters rising, they will find their way to me. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know.
fire, this I know, this I know. I will walk through the fire, this I know. I will walk through the fire when they find their way to me. I will walk through the fire, this I know, this I know. I will walk through the fire, this I know. I will rebuild the mountains, this I know, this I know. I will rebuild the mountains, this I know. I will rebuild the mountains when they find their way to me. I will rebuild the mountains, this I know, this I know. I will rebuild the mountains, this I know. Jen Brown will now give us our reading. A reading from A Power Governments Cannot Suppress by Howard Zinn. To be hopeful in bad times is not just foolishly romantic. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, kindness. What we choose to emphasize in this complex history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. And if we do act in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents, and to live now as we think human beings should live, in defiance of all that is bad around us, is itself a marvelous victory. Thanks, Jen. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for gathering me here today. Thank you for showing up for each other and for yourselves during this hard time of reckoning in our country. Gratitude and joy are hard topics right now. I feel it. I struggled with approaching this sermon topic. See, a few weeks ago, before George Floyd's death and the resulting protests that have gripped our nation, this was going to be a service of celebration and joy for all of the things that COVID-19 canceled. Birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, along with the ceremonies for our RE teachers, our bridgers, and our new members, I was going to lift up in celebration all of the milestones that we as a community have achieved despite the global pandemic. But as I approached writing this sermon, I had to admit that I don't really feel like celebrating right now. I feel angry, I feel guilty for my privilege. I want to speak up, but I also feel somehow impossibly inadequate and sad. I feel overwhelmed and exhausted. I imagine I'm not alone in naming some of these feelings. But I was talking to a dear friend the other day. She and her fiance are getting married in September and I'm officiating their wedding. So the day that we were talking was the 100th day until the wedding date and she wanted to post something on social media about it. She wanted to celebrate that in 100 days she gets to marry the love of her life. But she told me in our conversation that she decided not to post anything. When I asked her why, she said, I don't feel like it's appropriate to be happy about anything right now. I mean, the world is on fire and won't it look selfish and insensitive to post about my wedding? I mean, I'll admit at first I thought she might have had a point. How dare she be happy on social media in the midst of so much protest and anger and pain? But then I stopped myself and thought, no, 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 because thinking about her wedding thinking about being there and getting to be the person who marries her and her fiance, 
brings such a big smile to my face. And for the briefest moment, it lifts me up and it's a lift that I sorely, sorely need. So I told her, no, no, post something, celebrate this momentous event. It's a big deal and it should be celebrated. Especially now, especially when everything feels like it's burning down, your wedding reminds me that there are things to hope for. Ring the bells that still can ring. Some of you already know where that line comes from. Maybe many of you do. My first Sunday here at UUAC, Nathan started his sermon as he often does with these lines and feel free to say them with me. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. The line right before that one is ring the bells that still can ring. So when I heard Nathan, my first thought was, oh, I love that song. And my second thought was, wait a second, he forgot a line. But today, that is my invitation to all of you. Ring the bells that still can ring. Find and grasp the joy and gratitude that life has to offer you right now. Celebrate that which deserves celebration, everything from weddings and graduations to blooming flowers and baby birds in their nests. Ring the bells, all of them. Now, I'm saying that not to discourage the calls for justice, but to support them. I offer this message not as a distraction from the protests and the anger and the resistance, but as a means of sustaining that fight. Because this is a long road, friends. We have a lot of work ahead of us, especially those of us who are white. We need to be resilient. We need to pace ourselves so that we can see the long arc of the universe bending towards justice. We are certainly in a moment right now, nobody would deny that, but systemic oppression is not a moment. It's not an event. It's a system built on decades, decades of power and privilege. And those systems are not dismantled overnight. So I think we need to hold our grief and our rage in one hand while we hold joy and gratitude in the other. But it's not an either or, you don't have to choose between them. In our reading, Howard Zinn said, human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. We humans have an infinite capacity for weaving the complexities of life together, happiness and sorrow, anger and jubilation. So celebrating joy and feeling gratitude does not mean you're selfish. It does not mean you're ignoring the pain of others, and it does not mean that you're indifferent to suffering, because joy gives us fuel to keep going. Gratitude builds resilience, it fosters mental well-being, and it can make us so much stronger. Don't we all need more strength right now to respond to the cries of our world? Psychology professor Robert Emmons states that, quote, in the face of demoralization, gratitude has the power to energize. In the face of brokenness, gratitude has the power to heal. And in the face of despair, gratitude has the power to bring hope. I'll add that gratitude reminds us that we belong to each other, that we belong to something bigger than ourselves. Our community is our place of belonging. This place holds all of us during this hard time. And it is in this community with each other that we can find the strength to do the work of resistance, of understanding and undoing white privilege, and most importantly, to reach for the beginnings of the healing that is so sorely needed in our world. So friends, my list of gratitude and joy is long. I have a lot of bells to ring. I am grateful for this community, for my belonging to it, for being mentored and shaped within it. I'm grateful for my family. I find joy in the birds that come to my feeder each morning. I find bliss in a daily nap. Naps are important. In cooking myself really good food and long talks with old friends. I am renewed, so deeply renewed by the solidarity that I am witnessing in daily protests around the globe. And I love with my whole heart our faith that has always, always stepped up to answer the call to justice. These are the bells that I could ring, friends. Find your bells and ring them.
I urge you to do so. Howard Zinn says, to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. So if we want a world of justice and peace, let us not lose sight of the joy that is already available to us and the gratitude that we can build on. That is how we will make it down this long road together. Amen. Sarah. That was beautiful. Friends, will you join me in reciting our call to ministry? The words will be in the chat box. We go forth into the world in peace, to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. Friends, there is too much hardship in the world not to find joy every day. There is too much injustice in the world not to right the balance every day. There is too much pain in this world not to heal every day. Each of us ministers to a weary world. Let us go forth now and do that which calls us to make this world more loving, more compassionate, and more filled with grace every day. Amen. We invite you to stay for our virtual coffee hour. We'll be splitting you into breakout groups. But before that, just a reminder that today at 2 o'clock, as Nathan said earlier in our service, we will be gathering on the front lawn of the church to witness in solidarity with the Black clergy of Boston as they process through the downtown area. I think that's right. So please, if you're willing, um, bring your signs, bring your masks, stay six feet away from each other. But please, if you feel so called, join us today at the church at two o'clock from two to three. So now we will be splitting you into breakout groups if you'd like to stay for a virtual coffee hour. It's about an informal 20 minute conversation with about eight other people. So please stay through the end of our postlude if you would like to do coffee hour. We do hope you'll join us. So stay well, friends, and remember, you were loved and you were not alone. Blessed be. Go in peace. <laughs>